Hello and welcome to the Watsy Party Happy Hour, where we celebrate whore together. On this two-act, hour-long show, you can expect to hear short-form, yet in-depth film reviews, followed by dedicated listener feedback from you, friends of the show. I'm your host, Mr. Watson, podcasting from just outside of Olympia, Washington, and my co-host here on our very first Watsy Party Happy Hour is... Dave Z. <laughs> Mr. Z, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing real good right now. How are you, buddy? <laughs> Pretty well. It's, a, it's almost as though we hadn't been talking for the last half hour before happy hour started. <laughs> Isn't it weird? Because all of a sudden when the mic records, everything that just happened vanished. It does. <laughs> you know what it is? Tell it. We're backstage and there's like a curtain. And then when we hit the microphone button or whatever you want to call it, the record button, that's us basically coming out from behind the curtain and walking out on stage. I like that imagery. That's very that's very fitting. I mean, and because folks, this is a production, and when you're at the when you're at the Watsi party, you're we're here and we're ready to <laughs> take the stage and give you the goods. So speaking of the goods, Dave Z. So this is a brand new addition, folks, to the Watsi party horror show, and so it falls upon you and I to or you and me. That's the proper grammar. No, you and I falls upon I falls upon me. Uh, you, you and me, to kick things off by telling you fine folks, you friends and listeners, just what the heck is going on here. So new listeners, of course, will be none the wiser. But for those of you who have attended previous parties, this right here is a bit of a deviation from the norm. So here's the deal. Ostensibly, this is episode number 14 of the Watsy Party Horror Show. But this is the first of what we're calling our happy hour shows. So think of the Watsy Party Happy Hour as a companion show to the big three-act main show that you all know and love and have heard for the previous 13 episodes. This is where we can kick back, grab ourselves a half-priced drink or appetizer, and hang out together in what we believe will be a more relaxed show format that's geared a little more toward you, the listener. You know, we'll, we'll explain that in a bit in greater detail, but first, we just want to make it clear that the party as you've known it to be over these past 13 episodes will be staying the same. In fact, here's how you can, here's how you as the listener can remember things. From here on out, if it's an odd-numbered episode, that means it's one of the regular three-act shows, the big guys. If, however, like this, it's an even-numbered episode, then that means it's happy hour. So this is our way of getting into your lovely ear canals on a bi-weekly basis instead of only once a month. Now, if you're wondering how happy hour will be different from the bigger show, it just really falls to the value that we want to deliver with each of these two types of episodes. The Watsi Party Horror Show will continue to be dedicated to being your one-stop shop for horror, as Dave Z has famously said. You'll get the monthly releases, the horror topic of discussion, and the in-depth film review, as always. And the value of those shows, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave Z, it's to grab listeners with deep content meant to show people that there's higher meaning coursing all throughout the horror genre. And these shows are what we think of as discoverable content, where we can show off a little bit, I guess, kind of flexing. <laughs> with the happy hour here, though, our aim is to just entertain, to chill, but also to put a major focus on community building. So if the big show is meant to catch new listeners, then happy hour here is meant to get to know the ones we already have a little better. What's best is that you, my friends, can play an active role in each of these shows. And for us, that's immensely rewarding. Just all quite simple. And I, I don't want to further complicate everything by explaining it all. So we'll just dive into our episode itinerary here. The first half of happy hour act one of the show is what we call horror d'oeuvres. Dave, I love that you named that. <laughs> horror d'oeuvres, buddy. <laughs> Not bad, huh? H-O-R-R-O-R. -R -R. Yep. And then that yeah, crazy d spelling yeah. of d'oeuvres. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. yeah. En français, but yes. Horror d'oeuvres, folks, in which Dave Z and I will provide you all with spoiler-free mini-reviews of horror movies that we've recently watched. 
And then the second half of Happy Hour, Act 2 of the show, is our last call segment where we'll be going over any general listener feedback we might have received via the party's official email address. You know, business as usual, you might say. But the real fun comes from reading and responding to your answers to our monthly Happy Hour listener question. Be sure, folks, to follow us on social media if you want to take part in this because whenever Happy Hour draws close, Dave and I will put forth a specific question to you friends and listeners on our Facebook and our Twitter page. And this is your chance to make your voice heard here on the show. Wax intellectual if you so desire. Shout yourself out. Have fun with it. We love you, party peeps, and we want to engage with you directly in that fashion. So, Dave Z, I think that's basically it for introductions. Unless there's anything else, what do you say we get into some hors d'oeuvres? I'm ready, man. Bring them out. It is now time for the What Z Party Happy Hour Horror D'Oeuvres segment to commence. Alright folks, while you wait for your Happy Hour drink specials to arrive at your table, Dave Z and I have got a number of tasty little appetizers for you to snack on here in the form of spoiler-free mini-reviews. Now, I've got five such reviews for you fine folks. Dave Z, how many Horror D'Oeuvres have you got for the party people here today? I'm going to bring six because they're going to be small. <laughs> okay, gonna be, all right. Hey, they, they are little finger foods, are they not? But these ones <laughs> I have are even, you know, horror d'oeuvres are small. But I mean, think of it this way. my A couple of mine are going to be so small because my memory is so bad that like, you know, cut them in half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tiny. all right. Well, all right. That sounds good, buddy. So everyone, Dave Z and I will be going back and forth with our mini reviews, making certain to keep them. Listen, we mean this when we say this. We will be sure to keep them spoiler-free. You know this. If you've heard the show, this is what we do. And if my notes are correct, Dave and I should have a couple films here that we've both seen. So at that point, we'll tag-team those, as we're also apt to do. So uh, I'll kick us off here, if you don't mind, Dave Z. The film I'll be starting with here is called Witches in the Woods 2020. Seven friends set off for a weekend on the slopes. On their way, their car breaks down in the middle of nowhere. With temperatures falling and their nerves on edge, they turn on one another as they attempt to survive the night. So I teamed up with one of my absolute favorite podcasters of all time, Mr. Justin Patrick, JP of the 22 Shots of Moves and Horror podcast, the His and Hers movie podcast, that's a brand new show of his, and the Netflix and Chill Horror podcast. And we reviewed this movie together on Jason Lloyd's Bloody Bits podcast. And folks, Jason Lloyd is the Horophilia Network's head honcho, if you will. So... I will put a link to this show we did together in the happy hour show notes so you can catch it there. Well, essentially, you know, JP and I had nearly identical takes on this film. Aesthetically speaking, the filmmakers did a wonderful job capturing this isolated snowy mountaintop setting. The central mystery is interesting enough in that you're not certain what exactly exactly is happening with the story's antagonist. So that helps things move along at a nice pace. Uh, but that's kind of where my, <laughs> Dave Z, where my kindness toward the film ends. <laughs> where JP and I both had difficulty was with how the story presents its cast of characters. Like, everyone does a great job. Like, these are good actors and actresses here, so there's no worry there. But the issues we had were with the personal dynamics between everyone. Like, you've seen this in, in movies before, where not a single character is likable, including, and I, I hate this the most, including the final girl. And... What's painful about that is that the script like has her back despite her unlikability and no matter how they spin it, it's just annoying. Uh, more importantly though, when you come to know these characters as the movie unfolds, like who's done what, how this character relates to this other character, there is no way in hell these people would go on a trip together. It is literally the most, I'm not joking, the most impossible part of the story. Like this movie is the very definition of the statement, 
these people would never be friends in real life. How many times have we said that with like 80 slashers? This is that times 10. And you know, this is especially true because a few of these folks have some messed up things going on between them that immediately got JP and me saying that the parties involved in this would never want to face one another. Never in a million years. You don't, you don't do these sorts of things to other people and then be like, hey, let's go on a weekend trip together skiing. <laughs> so <laughs> that rang false to us, Dave Z, uh, and, and party people out there. And so lastly, to wrap up this mini review, the film's use of witches, because Dave Z, if you don't know, we're, we're big fans of witches, particularly the witch. And, uh, you know, here's the deal. The film's use of witches only works in a vague thematic sense. Like once things start getting literal, None of it is terribly satisfying. Uh, you know, these, I feel like these actors in this setting deserved a better story. For a full on review, if you want all the spoilers and you want to pull out all the stops, check out the Bloody Bits episode. I'll have linked in these Happy Hour show notes with Justin, Patrick, and me. But for now, here on Happy Hour, I'll just say that I found the film to be frustrating and quite average. And if you heard our show where we broke down how we do our numerical ratings, I give this the lower end of my average rating, which is a four out of 10. Folks, that's Witches in the Woods 2020. Dave Z, what have you got for us? Okay, I have a movie that I I, I made fun of the uh, <laughs> of the title back at when we were looking at it, and it was uh, Sea Fever. You know? Oh, yeah, you were singing the song. Yeah, <laughs> Sea Fever. Yeah, the, the, the Cartman Sea Creatures thing. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> this this is about now. This has been. This is why I'm doing six because uh, it's been a, it's been a minute since I watched this, and I have watched so many movies. The past uh, 20 days, it's ridiculous. Probably the, the most I've ever watched in any stretch. So now Ow. figure that into the equation. And I watched this before I did any of that stuff. So that's how many movies I got swimming in my head. So <laughs> I have no notes. <laughs> but I can tell you that Sea Fever is uh, it's about a, a student. A, a student, uh, what is she, I think it's ecology or something uh, of that nature. She's doing something where she's going to school. And it has to do with um, like biology, marine biology, something like that. And she is going on this trip. Not trip, but she's going on... Well, I guess it's a trip. See, this is the problem with me, and it's been so damn long. But now I'm trying to be it short, right? It's going to be too long because I don't know how to explain it. That's even worse. You can't remember. <laughs> oh, my own, this guy. Okay, anyway. So she's going on this boat... And um, she's with this other crew. This professor has said, hey, listen, for you to gain experience, you're going to go on, on this thing. You're going to get outside the lab. You, you need to get out there and get some experience. And that's what happens. So she's going on this on this boat, and it's a Irish, uh, an Irish uh, movie, I believe. Okay, yeah. What's interesting about this movie is that it's very much like based on things like Alien or The Thing or, or something of that nature where you have people... Uh, you know, enclosed, obviously, because they're just in this boat. But, I mean, they don't know if their enemy is each other or what's going on outside and everything else. And it's a combination of that, that claustrophobic-type feel, but it's mixed in with a creature feature because there is a, a sea creature on the outside that, that's banging into the ship. But it takes a, a turn because it's also releasing these parasites. So now you have a movie oh. that becomes a body horror-type thing, an infected tale, on top of what's going on outside and the people inside. And that really sounds awesome. The execution is good, not necessarily great. I enjoyed it. I, I, I enjoy the fact that it was kind of original because I said with the parasites coming in and everything else and what's going on and, and it's, it's shot well, 
There's nothing I can complain about. There isn't a whole lot of gore or anything like that, but I more than enjoyed my time with it. If you're into anything like this that has to do with anything involving the water or right now, even it's so timely with, you know, infection and things like that, yeah. it, 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 it hits home. But for me, and get, get used to this rating, you may as well just call me the freaking Jason Lloyd right now because this is a seven and a half <laughs> out of 10 for me. So. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Okay. And it won't be the last. So, <laughs> Okay, so my next movie here is We Summon the Darkness. Three best friends cross paths with sadistic killers after they travel to a secluded country home to party. I've got to hand it to that synopsis right there. I know that sounds really vague, and it should be, and that is great. So well, well done, Google. Uh, Google, that's where I got that. So this is a little movie that sees three young women hitting it off with three young dudes at a metal show where they then go party at one of the girls' father's isolated country houses. The catch is, this area has been plagued by ritualistic, satanic killings of late, and Dave Z, this might come as a, as a surprise, but our characters become caught in the middle of the devilish bloodshed. Can you believe it? No, not a, not a bit. Can't. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know. And so, uh, here, here's the thing. I, I had uh, fun with this film and really enjoyed several of the performances. Johnny Knoxville has a small but completely serious role that he knocks out of the park. He's great. Amy Forsyth, who was the final girl in 2018's Hellfest, is always a delight, and I hope we see her in more horror movies in the future. She's great. She's like, she's the definition of a, of a final girl. I like her. Taylor Swift's brother <laughs> plays a pretty cool dude in this named Ivan. He's this big dude. Doesn't really resemble her, though. Although I have a theory that Taylor Swift is secretly seven feet tall, but I can't prove it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we've also got Alexandra Daddario, who I was, before we were talking, I was like, Dave Z, is, do you think that's an Italian name? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Not even close. She's got it all. She's got the, the, the perfect name, uh, the, the, an Italian girl, first name, last name, and boy, yep. oh boy, that, that, the Ciao Bella, that, that's an Italian princess right there. <laughs> Indeed. Guys always seem to like her. And uh, yeah, so she's in it. And she's got a pretty little sister too. Like who's in her like late 20s. Like pretty pretty lady just like uh, Alexandra is. And look, yeah. I, here's the deal. With We Summon the Darkness, there are a number of things about this movie that really work, including certain story elements that keep you on your toes to some degree. But there are even more things, I hate to say, that really didn't do it for me. Judging by a number of reviews of this film that I've read and listened to, it seems that people who have a beef against Christianity really want this to be a sort of amusing little think piece on the hypocrisy of organized religion. But if I might be so bold here, that's some bullshit. I'm not going to spoil anything, but this film gives us literally zero examples of organized religion. Nothing. That is not what this is. We're dealing strictly with extremist cults here. Religious factions that are on the outer boundaries of their respective faiths. And I say that with air quotes. But even that, okay, isn't handled with any real seriousness or consistency. Definitely not enough upon which you can hang any religious commentary with any weight to it. And speaking of that, I want to praise my buddy Jay of the Dead, who we will be talking about and hearing from later in the show, for catching on to my biggest criticism of this movie, which has to do with a specific, and I need to be careful here, a specific inconsistency regarding the language of certain characters in the film. Now, I hate to speak in riddles, but to explain in greater detail would mean having to get into spoilers, so I'll just say that we meet some characters later on who are meant to be devout 
to a fault. Yet these people used the Lord's name in vain so much and so casually that it was distracting and kind of betrayed the roles these people are supposed to fill in the scheme of the of the film. So that's all I'll say there as a complaint. There's another complaint I have where we've got a character going around with a weapon that isn't interesting and it is not effective in any way, shape, or form. It's this big boat propeller, motorized boat propeller, and it doesn't do anything. It doesn't lead to anything. There's a payoff. You're like, oh man, if she's carrying this around, we're going to see some bloodshed and some cool kills. Sorry, you don't. Speaking of, you know, payoffs that don't occur, there's a character whose thing, Dave Z, get this, this is her thing, is that she has a small bladder. And that goes nowhere as well. Almost like it, maybe the writers meant it to be a setup to something, but then they forgot. <laughs> and, wow. and speaking of which, I can't say why there's an attempt to give this film an 80s metal aesthetic if the soundtrack consists of literally no metal. We get some Belinda Carlisle, and I like that song, Heaven is a Place on Earth. Believe me, MXPX, the, the punk band, did a great punk rock cover of it, and that's great, but I'm not even sure what's going on here, Dave Z. So I'm harping on the film quite a bit, but I did enjoy the ending, which, listen to this, some people have claimed it doesn't make sense, but it actually does if you think about, and let me speak in riddles again, certain things that our main survivor has in their possession. When you go, oh, they have this, that means this ending makes sense. I'm sorry to speak in riddles, but anybody who's seen the film can now go, ah, I gotcha. So anyways, uh, yeah, one character's death is damn good and bloody. There's a sequence involving a pantry that plays out rather well, even though we don't have Crazy Ralph. Uh, <laughs> the, the movie's a mixed bag of good and not so good. So I'm giving it a six out of 10. That's We Summon the Darkness 2020. Dave Z, what do you think? Okay, well, I'll tell you this. Now, if you recall, going back to your first movie that, that you did, the mini on, we, we saw it, uh, we, we talked about it on a Watt Z episode, and I believe, I know we did, and I, I predicted at the time, I don't think this is going to be a good movie. Turns out it wasn't. What was your rating again? On Witches in the Woods, yes. it was a 4 out of 10. Okay, so I predicted that was not going to be good, I was going to skip it. We also talked about We Summon the Darkness, I intentionally skipped that one. So, if you're keeping score at home so far, what I'm doing is the right thing. <laughs> Dave Z is correct, folks. <laughs> let's let's see where this goes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what's the next one? You, what's the next one you got for us, buddy? Okay, the next one is a, is one that uh, is on Shutter, and it is called Blood Quantum. Oh, I was wanting to see that. Well, yeah, it, it's it's definitely worth checking out. I'll read you the uh, synopsis. The dead are coming back to life outside the isolated Micmac Reserve of Red Crow, except for its indigenous inhabitants who are strangely immune to the zombie plague. So, I enjoyed this movie. The zombies are, they're kind of quicker than, than usual, which is fine. We, we do see that these, this day and age a lot. It has an interesting start. Uh, which made me laugh, but apparently it didn't make a whole lot of other people laugh. But I have a strange sense of humor, and it involves things coming to life that were already dead that you wouldn't expect to see and you don't ordinarily see. But it it, <laughs> it cracked me up. But I have a sense cool. of humor that things weird things like that sometimes make me laugh. But anyway, um, <laughs> like I said, it, it's uh, Micmac Reserve Red Crow. It takes place in 1981, and what's cool about it is that they don't really beat you over the head with that 1981 thing. It's okay. Yeah, I you almost kind of forget about it, and I, I think I honestly I just forgot about it until I just read something on it that said it. So I mean, it didn't it didn't stick out like a sore thumb. They weren't hammering 1981 down your throat. So that's cool. It's uh like I said, the zombies are are are, are quick again. What's cool about this is, like I said in the synopsis, it's the indigenous people that are immune to the infection, and and the white people are oh, wow. getting it. We have a set of brothers and. They have the same 
father, different mothers, I believe that's what it is, and there's some type of one it gets in all kinds of trouble, and the other one <laughs> in the beginning of this movie got in trouble intentionally because he knew he was in, in, in jail for overnight, and he wanted to be in there with him to spend time with him and stuff. And they have an interesting <laughs> relationship, and it's weird because where their characters go, I, okay, I don't want to say anything spoiler at all, but they have an interesting relationship. Some things are, are surprising, and some things are, but 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 it's cool because they have the social commentary thing going. And it's nice. And I, I, obviously there's there's a big thing going on where this movie takes place that I don't know a lot about, but I don't necessarily need to know a lot about it. The viewer does not because you can just pick up on it when you're when you're watching it. You, you see the aftermath of, of what's happened and the pressures that these people are going to, through and how, you know, uh, how come the native people aren't getting sick and there's different type of uh, theories that are thrown around and it's interesting the first act is really good the third act gets gets kind of crazy the second act it slows down a little bit it's kind of like the they mellow out and they're kind of hanging out in like a party type atmosphere but it's cool that way it's actually i don't know i, I like that it goes that way that that the act the three act structure works in that way where it, it slows down in the middle some sometimes people are going to get bored with that but i actually think it worked I, I quite enjoyed it. This is a movie that I, I really want to watch again. My rating is, is a seven and a half again, but I want to go back to it because I think maybe on a second view, I, I might enjoy it a little bit more. So check Ooh. it out. I think you'll, if you like zombie movies at all, I mean, sometimes for me, when I see a zombie movie, I get kind of, bur- I've been kind of burnt out for a long time on it. And it's like, yeah, all right, it's a new zombie movie. I'm hearing okay things about it. I'm, I'm going to check it out. I'm, I'm not excited and I go into it kind of almost having maybe like a poor attitude. And I think after I've seen this one and after it's past that initial view, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it the second time. I think, like I said, I think it might come up more, but definitely, definitely recommend it's on shutter. So check it out. Cool. I, I will check that out. It's been on my short list and I am, yeah, I've been intrigued by this and I, I just like the title because the whole blood quantum thing is kind of like the, the one drop rule that was being sort of measured, I guess, if you can say, if you want to use such a strong word back in the days of slavery, you know, when they're trying to determine how much of this you are. So, you know, it's the, the measurement of what percentage, you know, Native American blood you have you know, which can be determined, you know, by your your ancestors and whatnot. And so that's very interesting to me that they would use that as the title, like of how how native are you? How black are you? How Irish are you? How this are you? And it, it's really funny because we hear a lot about that with talking complicated fashion about race and ethnicity. And so that's a, that's a cool title. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I'm, I'm intrigued. Dave Z, I, before we record next, I will have gotten that watched. And there's gore too. Gore, good gory kills. I, I, I didn't say that, and I should have. But yeah, good gore. Okay, you yeah. you wrote that as a seven uh, seven point five. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Z, I believe before we get into the my final three, which are ones we've both seen, you had another. Yeah, I had another movie. This this one we talked about it last month on the regular show, and I, I don't know. I think, I'm pretty huh. sure it was, and I was on the fence about where it was. There wasn't enough ratings. I wasn't sure yet using my system if I was going to do it. And I think I probably said I might just. Just take the plunge. This might just be the movie that I just go ahead and watch, even though for, for the way I do things, it's premature. But I, I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah, and, and and it paid off. I enjoyed it. It's called The Other Lamb. where You can rent it on Prime. Yeah, it's something you can rent. A girl 
born into an all-female cult led by a man in their compound, begins to question his teachings and her own reality. Honestly, that that says a lot about it right there. It, it, it's pretty simple, and it's it is one guy, and he has all all these women with him. Uh oh. Now you know where movies like this are gonna go. It's a horror movie. Oh yeah. You know what's gonna happen, and it's fine. It it doesn't matter. It, it, it's this one guy, and he for the most part. He does come off the right way. He doesn't, you know where it's going to go. But I mean, where he is, the way he's portrayed for at least the first half of the film, it's pretty genuine. And he has wow. the he has the wives and he has the daughters and they, they all have rank. And this one here is a daughter and her mother was one of the wives. So, but it, okay, I won't say anything because this is a non-spoiler type thing. But this girl is quite bright. And she starts seeing some dissension here. And this is going to be the shortest thing of all. Because I, I really don't want to say anything. And some people just might be bored by it. They might think it moves slow. But I think it, it's it's done well. It's shot well. I, I'm into the characters. I, I want to see what's going to happen. Even though I have an idea where it's going to go, I, I, I'm still along for the ride. And I want to see what's going to happen with our lead. Um, what was her name? Sella, I think. I think he gave her a nickname and I forgot what it was. But... Either way, it's interesting. If you're into cult films at all, I'm into these kind of movies. I'm into these quiet movies where it's just a, a, a small group and those are really the only people we know. I don't know. I, I just I just like films like that. So if you're into cult movies like that, and again, it it is you are you know where this movie's gonna go. You know that the cult guy is gonna end up having some you know ulterior motives, and obviously it's one guy and all these women, and, and they have all this blind faith in him. And then he starts seeing some cracks in that. He ultimately, it leads to, you know, you're going to figure it out. But it doesn't matter. I enjoy the ride. It's another one I want to watch again. And and once again, it's the same rating. It's a 7.5 out of 10. It's just, <laughs> it just, it just so happens to be that those are the movies that I watched that were new that I could talk about that. that had, yeah, They just happen to have that 7.5. But you know what? <laughs> this is that kind of year. And I know that it's only June. But this kind of year is like the year of the... Eh, it was pretty good. That's like my response for so many movies. Like, I have a couple movies rated high, maybe like two or three, but nothing's really just completely blown me away this year. And my choices have been good. I'm 19 out of 20. You know what I mean? Using my system. <laughs> and the one that I was wrong, and the one that was under, I expected to be under, and I only watched it because it was a family movie. And I knew going into it, I'm like, I'm not expecting much out of this movie. And it ended up. Being okay, but not 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 a Which seven out that? of ten or higher. The Brahms, the boy too. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, it's funny. You you've seen 20, 2020 releases this year. I've seen nineteen. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, folks, that was the other lamb that Davesy just talked about from twenty twenty. Now, another twenty twenty film that we both did see. So, uh, I'll give us a synopsis. We'll we'll launch into this together. That and this one I do recommend. Definitely over a seven for me at least. We'll see what you think. And I have a prediction uh, is a one BR 2020. So new to Los Angeles, a woman moves into a seemingly perfect apartment complex and soon finds out that there are consequences for breaking the rules. So this was a bit of an unexpected little indie horror film treat for me. You've got this young woman who, you know, moves to L.A. to try to become a Hollywood seamstress. And right away, she's accepted into this quaint apartment complex, which seems too good to be true for her, you know, kind of her lifestyle. And naturally, as it always is with horror movies, it is too good to be true. Things are going on all around her that threaten to break her to the point of insanity or death. 
Now, that's all I'll say about plot. So the lead actress, my biggest like here was her, Nicole Bryden Bloom. She is fantastic. This could be a breakout role for her. And if so, I hope we'll see her in more horror movies because she's good. In fact, she has a movie yet to be released that did one festival date last year and has likely been pushed back due to the pandemic. It's called Here On Out. And it looks like a like a sort of college grad cabin in the woods sort of horror movie. So keep your eyes open for that in the near future called Here On Out. You heard about it here on Happy Hour First, folks. Anyway, Ms. Bloom is great. And for the most part, so is the whole of the film. At times, you know, I wasn't certain if the high concept was too much. You know, maybe it's impractical, maybe it's brilliant. I'm still trying to work my way through that, Dave Z. But one thing is for sure, the antagonists have their bases covered and their aims are compelling. Now, I, I can't say any more than that, but I'm hoping people will watch this and go in as blind as you possibly can. Then I would say to immediately listen to our buddies of the Dark Discussions podcast, who covered this movie because as far as the whole scheme of horror podcasting goes, they are the show to beat if you want to hear a review about this film. They even interviewed the lead actress, the director, and one of the main producers, and they went deep into some behind-the-scenes goodness. It was a lot of fun. Great show, and I don't normally like interview shows. Dave Z, we're kind of both alike in that area, aren't right. we? <laughs> yes, we are. Yes. Now, I, I did not listen to that episode. Somehow, I didn't even know that they did this, but now I have to go back and listen. I want to hear this. Yeah. What did, you, what did you think about 1BR? I enjoyed it. I I didn't think where it was going to go was where it went. It took me by surprise. I didn't necessarily yeah. know what the movie was going to be. But when things started to go down, something happened. Somebody, I don't want to say anything, but somebody came out and, and they presented themselves one way. And then all of a sudden there was like one of those whoop, little, you know, flipperoo. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah. really? This is where this movie's going? Yeah, I, that was cool. And I dug it. I got a little, what happened with me was um, when it went to the certain area, when I can't say anything, but it, when it went to the certain aspect of the movie, I thought that played a little longer than I would have liked to. And that's my only complaint. I think maybe looking back on it now, maybe you're the way you're looking at it. Do you see something? Do you see this movie as being like a, a socially conscious film? I don't know if this movie is deeper or if it's not, but as I'm thinking about it now, <laughs> I'm like, I, I want to know what you think about it. Like, I, I did enjoy it. I, I liked her. I, I liked the character. I liked where it was going. Like I said, there was a little parts in there that I wasn't, I, I kind of drifted a little bit. Overall, definitely not a waste of time and still a recommend, but yeah, are you taking more out of this film than I am? That's what I want to know. I will say this. I think it has something to say okay. and... Judging by kind of my own interpretation of what is going on in this apartment complex and judging, you know, after having listened to the Dark Discussions episode where they actually talked to the people who wrote it and financed it and acted in this thing, I wouldn't say this is woke that, or that it's trying to be. But there is a message here. You can say, OK, you know, we're talking about independent ladies here, but I think it's also universal. This could have just as easily been a dude in the main role and we could still have the same movie play out much like how in the descent it was basically written for a mixed gendered party going going in there every time i say party i think of you and me uh <laughs> you know but but they just kind of happen to go hey let, let's make it all all ladies and it still works because it, these are universal problems and things that we can all relate to and i do think that's what this movie is rather than trying to be 
too socially conscious. I think there's there's a something universal here rather than trying to make a statement about a particular kind of person. So if that makes sense. Okay. I, I was thinking just something, statements about community and society as a whole and things like that, peeling back layers there. I don't know if there's something there or not. Sure. But it didn't occur to me till I just started talking about it now. And I didn't know if you... We're going to, you know, you were going to Watson all over that and, and pull things out. <laughs> no, not this time, Dave Z. <laughs> okay. I, just, I, I wanted to make sure because when you, when you first came into it, I thought you were going to come up real high. So, and I thought if you were going to come up real high, it's because you're pulling something out of this that I did that I didn't see. I did come away with, you know, like I'm saying, I don't think this is like a feminist film or anything like that, even though we are getting this world from the, you know, through the lens of a really cool female protagonist. It's universal, but that isn't to say that there aren't things here about, like you said, what this community and what it has to offer and what a person's role can be in a, in a community like this. You know, there's something here about indoctrination and about being yourself and about you know, maybe maybe not going with the flow or what happens when you do. What is the flow? What is L.A.? You know, that freak. I think L.A. is a cult. I, I don't know. That's just me. But I, I Dave Z, I'm giving this a 7.75 out of 10. Would I be right in saying you gave it a 7.5 or are you deviating this time around? I am deviating <laughs> a tad bit. Uh, well, tell it. It, it. It's a seven and a quarter. I was a, a little bit, okay. a little bit down, probably because of me being checked out um, in those those slight scenes, but still sure. enjoyable. Cool, that's a recommend. Good, okay. Yep. Well, Dave Z, this is another one. So, folks, that was one BR twenty twenty, and we're gonna dive into this one together. It is the Lodge twenty twenty. So, the Lodge follows a family who retreat to their remote winter cabin over the holidays. When the father is forced to abruptly depart for work, he leaves his children, Aiden and Mia, in the care of his new girlfriend, Grace, who is Elvis's granddaughter, by the way. <laughs> Isolated and alone, a blizzard traps them inside the lodge as terrifying events summon specters from Grace's dark past. Dave Z, I reviewed this with Mark Nato and Revenant Vin on the Horrorcast a few weeks back, did, along with 2014's The Quiet Ones. Did you get a chance to hear that show? No, I'm very behind on all my podcasts listening because I was at home and not working for 16 days. So <laughs> I know it's crazy how behind I am on podcasts. I'm happy about it because now that I'm back to work, I know it's going to be a long time before I get to that that point where I'm like, oh, shit, I got nothing to listen to. I, I mean, yeah. I'm behind, so it kind of sucks. But I'm looking on the on the real bright side saying, oh, I got I got material to last me for a month already so i'm you know but well, i'll get there nice that, that's a good place to be and i always like that well Dave Z, make sure you check out the episode we did uh on the lodge and the quiet ones which rounded out our several month long coverage of hammer horror there on the horrorcast and Dave Z, let me just say this if if this uh maybe helps move this up your list a little bit your to, to listen list i would say this was my favorite episode i've done with the horrorcast in terms of discussion because we got into it and it was a blast folks you'll definitely want to hear that episode so get on your podcatching app download that bad boy i promise it's worth your time it's funny okay on that show here's the deal dave z vin and i were both grappling with our feelings on the film even as we were recording we're still trying to work it out for ourselves and dave z i gotta say Despite the weeks that have passed since that review, that's no less true for me here and now on Happy Hour. If we're talking aesthetics and technical proficiency, this movie gets it all correct, okay? I think I called it on the Horcast, I called it Diet Ariaster or Ariaster Light. Uh -huh. And <laughs> as jokey as that might sound, it is apt, is it not? Like, that's what it is, right? 
I'm with you. And the thing is, I really wanted to deep dive into this movie. And Brandon and I were talking about it in, in message the uh, not too long ago. We just simply can't do it on Exploding Heads because we it's we have too oh, really? many picks that are... No, we have everything oh. picked out for us already for uh, through the whole summer right now. So we can't... Unless we have the extra time just to go out there and say we want to do a bonus review because we want a deep dive, which we discussed, but I don't think it's going to happen. We were talking about it, and he was, he was talking about... The first thing he said about it was... He was doing all these comparisons to Hereditary. And I was like, hmm, okay. And then he started saying this, 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 and this. I'm like, wow, you are correct. I go, I caught a couple. But now that you mentioned that, there is a lot of Hereditary stuff here. And then we started, man, I'd love to deep dive into this. And he had a problem with something that I also had a problem with. But then I was able to fix my problem. So, again, oh, okay. I, I wanted to deep dive. I'm not going to get a chance to. And I don't have notes. Sure. So, I certainly can't do it without a second watch. But... I, I hear what you're saying that it it does look very good aesthetically and, and everything else and I really enjoyed it overall so I mean uh, I don't know how you feel as a whole yet you know like I said I still am processing it but like you know there are some scenes that have some staying power there's a scene involving Alicia Silverstone in the oh first gosh. act of the film that is like oh that yeah what did you think of that when that happened and oh. folks if you haven't seen the film alicia silverstone's character makes a decision and when you see kind of what she decides and what happens as a result of that decision it hits and it's hardcore is all i'll say Davey, what did you think of that oh boy that was great i forgot about it till you just said it so uh, oh. i was like oh wow I, I forgot all about that scene i was thinking about everything else because what happens in the third act is where a lot of my thought was because that's there's a lot of conversation that could be had on how you're yes. going to interpret that and the reasons for it and everything else that definitely I wasn't even thinking about the way it began and how that went down but when that happened oh yeah yeah you know and my, my thing with this film Dave and, and everybody out there with the lodge is you know and I said this on the horrorcast but like I said I'm still trying to work through my feelings on it and in theory if you list out the sequence of events on paper. You've got, like, if you say this happened, this happened, this happened, and then this happened, and then this, and here's what all ends up. You've got one messed up, horrific film on your hands. Ultimately, though, it was this movie's story that dropped the ball for me in certain areas. Like, in the first two acts, it feels like it's headed towards something more sinister than where it ultimately ends up. And while it does get, while what we get is sinister, because that, that final sequence, there are just people sitting at a table, folks. I'll say no more than that. You can infer what goes on and maybe i wanted more I, i'm not sure you know i'm not sure if i'm if i'm on the side of the the idea that the journey is too compelling a setup for what i felt was a kind of expected and maybe ordinary destination it will take a second watch for me to to work through that but like there was a scene early on where a funeral happens and then people are releasing balloons and there's a balloon that doesn't go and i'm thinking huh that could be leading towards something crazy and it doesn't you know what i will say I still recommend, highly recommend people see this movie because divisive films like this are fun, especially when you fall on that side of the divide where you feel rewarded for your efforts. So if you want a full spoiler filled discussion of this film, check out the show notes for that episode of the Horrorcast where Mark Nato, Revenant Vin, and I go all out. Dave Z, on that show, I gave it an 8 out of 10, and I'm going to stick with that for now. I'm still a little insecure, but, uh, you know, what are you thinking, buddy? I really liked it. I honestly... I cannot wait to give this the second more than any other movie this year. I, I want to give this the second view because I, I watched it on Hulu and then I now have the Blu-ray. So I'm like, 
I want to see oh. it again. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't care that it's on Hulu. I want to buy this. I want to watch it again. I want to experience it. And, because, you know, the second view is what it's all about. And I had so many questions the first time. The movie ended and I'm texting. I'm like, well, I saw this. I don't understand this. And I don't understand this. How did, how did this happen? And how is this possible? Yeah. And I was confused. But then it was explained to me. Here's the funny part. The person that explained it to me didn't like the movie. But they were able to explain <laughs> to me. And I was like, oh, I go, you know what? That makes me like it more. I go, now I get it. Now I, now that makes sense. And I get it. They didn't like the the reasoning behind what was going on here. And I was like. Gotcha. I go, I go to me, that's true to life. I go, people in that situation will do things like that just because. And, and they're like, well, I, I don't like ultimately because, I don't know. They, they were upset because a couple of characters did some things and they didn't like those characters for it. And I said, okay. Sure. But in the end, they got what they deserved. So <laughs> that's true. What do you care? You should be happy about it then. If you think that they were in the wrong, they took it too far, then enjoy the, what happened to them. But that's me. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. What, what did you rate this? It, it's an eight and a half for me. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I really can't wait for that second view. It, it might shoot up, but we'll see. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I'm still trying to really think. And, and the fact that I'm still unsure about this movie and, and, and gave my baseline rating and made that an eight, that, that does speak highly of the movie. Even though there were things I maybe, there were places I would have rather the movie gone as far as maybe even genre goes subgenre if you will mm -hmm. but that could just be on me and sometimes we do that as you know just as film viewers where a movie doesn't do what we want and that that takes away from what we how we see the movie that actually is and so i think a second view will help me distill those feelings into you know probably something like an eight out of an eight out of <laughs> <laughs> I, I i i was almost said an eight out of five nice see? i can't Hanging believe that like you like you. Yep, hanging out with Dave Z, folks, and we invent ratings like 8 out of 5. So, folks, <laughs> that was The Lodge 2020. The final film in our hors d'oeuvres here is Z 2020. Yeah, Z. And this synopsis, get this. I, I wish I, I, I should have taken time to get the shutter synopsis, which I'm sure would have been succinct and to the point and right on. This one just says, uh, that I got from Google, just says, A boy's imaginary friend terrorizes his family. So, there you go. The film follows the Parsons family, a dad a mom and a grade school aged little boy who lead a normal life until one day, little Josh takes on an imaginary friend named Z. As with many of these sorts of stories, the mom and dad find it cute at first until their son's behavior starts taking a dark turn, at which point things go from bad to worse. And it's all about discovering who or what Z really is. Like is Z the product of budding mental illness in young Joshua? Is Z a malevolent spirit with its own designs? That's the mystery here, as you might expect. You know how it goes, folks. But I'd like to start off by praising the movie for taking this conceit a step farther than I'd anticipated. I can't say I could have predicted where the third act would go with this premise. And for the most part, my son and I were delighted as all get out to have watched this. Now, this relates to something Dave told us on this previous episode, folks. On episode 13 of the Watsy Party Horror Show, Dave, you mentioned that there was a jump scare that actually got you. Well, folks, when my son and I turned this movie on, I told him what you said, Dave. I said, <laughs> you know, there, there's there's a jump scare here that Dave said got him, so let's just, you know, let's just be prepared for that. You know, it got us wondering, uh, you know, what 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 did Dave mean by this? I like what well, here here's the thing. When this jump scare happens, you will call it the jump scare in Z. Yes. And actually there are two pretty good ones. Uh one that involves uh someone trying to relax 
and then there's a jump scare, but there's another one that is so out of nowhere that it's alarming, it's upsetting, and yeah, Dave, you were 100% correct, buddy. Wasn't that something? Because you didn't expect that to happen there at all. No, it's not telegraphed at all. Like today, I watched the movie Shudder from 2004, and that movie telegraphs its jump scares because the score will go dead silent. Not just the score, the audio of the movie will actually go dead silent, and then the jump scare would happen. And as good of a movie as it is, because Shudder is a, a, a good you know movie out of Thailand, every, you know it's a classic at this point, it, it telegraphs its jump scares pretty you know, egregiously, I guess, by 2020 terms. But this right here happens, and you're just like, well, that is terrible. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, re yeah, regarding likes here, Dave Z, I thought we had some good performances in front of the camera, and check this out. The people behind the camera really impressed me. There's going to be a little surprise here, too. Z is directed by the two gentlemen who brought us 2018's Stillborn, which I really liked. Dave Z, did you like Stillborn? The yes. Shutter exclusive? Yeah, I liked Stillborn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but check this out. One of these two fellas has frequently worked with actress Brittany Allen. They did It Stains the Sands Red together. She's the pretty blonde lead. They did 2018's What Keeps You Alive, wow. which I reviewed on Horror Corridor back in the day. She was the main protagonist there. And the reason I bring her up is because even though she was not in this film, she did not act in this film, Ms. Allen, Brittany Allen, composed the music for this movie, Dave Z, and... She was the one who did that scary artwork of Z that we see a few times on the kid's wall. Really? Like, I had no idea that Brittany Allen was so damn talented, and I just wanted to give her props, dog. Did did, did you know that about no, her? No, <laughs> I didn't know any of that. Wow, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And so, Dave Z, I don't know if I'd say the ending was f completely for me. It felt a little half-baked. Like, the way they decided to deal with Z, it wasn't fully thought out because... They make a decision, okay, here's how we're going to deal with Z, and I'm thinking, well, but that's too open-ended. It doesn't seem like, uh, I, I don't I don't feel like that's going to help. And, you know, regardless of what happens or what doesn't, I wasn't down with that as much. I also high-key hated the scene early on, Dave Z, where you think both of the parents, and this is a mild spoiler, mild spoiler in the first act where you think both of the parents are going to be in this mystery together. And as that scene played out, where the husband tells the wife, hey, I've been seeing things too, because, you know, we got this premise of an imaginary friend, and slowly the mom starts cluing into, this might not be imaginary, and the dad says, I've been seeing things too, when they decide to have their talk about it, husband and wife gotta get together, hey, here's what's going on with our kid, and the dad's like, I've been seeing things too, and I turn to Skylar as he's talking, I go, my son, I go, that is different. Usually it's the wife suffering through these sorts of things while the husband is aloof and doesn't believe her. This is great. And then he makes a joke out of it and it becomes the tired cliche yet again. Dave Z, I'm done with that. We are, I speak for the whore community right now when I say we are all done with that. Let's do better in 2020 and beyond. Dave Z, what did you think of that? I agree and I knew it was a joke right almost instantaneously. Ah. Yeah. Despite the way he delivered the first line, I'm like, okay, he's gonna, yeah, I, I could just tell it was either the way he delivered the line or the look on his face, whatever it was, uh -huh. I, I didn't bite. I was like, oh, yeah, I know what's happening here. And it's unfortunate. <laughs> you caught it. See, that's what happens to me. I, this is what's weird about me. I always see things that other people don't see, but then- You do. The opposite. Then there's other things that people, everyone says they saw coming that I didn't see happening at all. And like, I watch the usual suspects because I've watched 64 movies in 16 days, okay? So- a ridiculous nice. amount that of movie rules. Yeah, dude. I, I, nuts. But a, 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 as I'm doing this, I'm like, I want to watch movies that are highly regarded that I've never seen before. And I had a time doing it. I was like, okay, this movie, this movie, this movie. People talk about the reference in pop culture of this movie. I've never seen them. So I watched 
of those 64 movies, I bet, you know, only half of them were probably horror. You know what I mean? I watched everything. Nice. You know? And I watched this movie, The Usual Suspects. Now, I don't know at the time how people felt, but I knew halfway through the movie where this was going to go at the end. And everybody, from what I get... You're kidding me. Huh? I'm kidding? No. You're kidding I, me I, right now. I didn't know... Oh, wow. ...exactly what character it was going to be, but if you know the movie uh, I'm talking about, I knew that someone on the inside was going to be that person. I was like, it's, it, I don't know who it is. Probably yeah. this guy because he's he's featured, but I'm like, yeah, this is how this is going to be explained. It's, it's going to be one of the guys on the inside. He's there. Sure enough. You know what I mean? Dave Z, that is... For when I showed my son that a couple years ago, because we, we love that movie, I, I, I was when I first saw it, I was blown away and would never have suspected that. I, I, I love that you were <laughs> yeah. you were you were hooked into it and got it pretty, pretty. That is you, though. You are that way. And I think uh, we'll be reading an email here when we get into our last call segment where somebody praises you for how you are able to fill in the blanks of films and how you watch movies because they feel uh, that they watch movies like you do. And wow. so, cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. But isn't it weird though about me? Like, and I, I, I'm not saying this in an arrogant way because it, it, it's neither. Because, I, like I said, I see shit that nobody else sees. Not nobody. I see things that it seems to me nobody else has picked up on. But other, other times, a lot of times, people say, "How did you not know in the first ten minutes of this film this is where it was going to go?" Or, and sometimes I miss the things that are blatantly obvious. But I see these yeah. crazy twists that nobody else sees. It's so weird. <laughs> you, you, my experience in reviewing films with you is you are that way. In fact, last time I talked with our buddy from Under the Stairs, Duncan McLeish, he goes, and I, I do believe he listened to our episode on, on this, but he goes, we're talking about self-indulgent directors. And then he mentioned, well, you know that the Neon Demon is about witches. And there I just go. laughed and I was like, oh, don't I? <laughs> I was like, you should talk to Dave, buddy, because, and yet again, that was another blank I wouldn't have filled in that you did. And it like, kind of like with whole movie, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. You know, back to Z here, any final thoughts about it? Anything that you got to get out there before we rate this bad boy? I'll tell you what, I liked the way it ended. <laughs> Cause again, that's something else about me. I tend to <laughs> like endings that other people don't, whatever. Uh, I liked the way it ended. And I also liked... I don't necessarily like the way it wrapped up uh, completely, but I like that they didn't go typical. I like when it came to the third yeah. act, we've seen so many movies like this with the kid and the imaginary friend, and we know where it's going to go. But in this case, it doesn't. It goes somewhere exactly. else. Yep. Now, does that make all the sense in the world when it happens? Maybe not, but I was happy to see. It was refreshing to me that if it didn't go in that direction and it would have just been run of the mill... I, I couldn't recommend the movie, but because it went to that to that place when it did, I was like, okay, all right, you got that. That's different. I, I'm on board. This this made it a little bit more interesting than the regular, you know, uh, kid with an imaginary friend and and, and where yep. they go. So for that reason, I, I liked it. Cool. What 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 did you rate it, buddy? Uh, it just makes it. It's a seven out of ten for me. Oh, cool. Okay, I was at a seven point two five out of ten. Right, right there above you. So yeah, f folks, that Z twenty twenty. And Dave Z, unless there's anything else, I think that does it for our spoiler-free mini-reviews, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to move on, brother. All right, everyone, that does it for our spoiler-free mini-reviews, thus concluding our horror d'oeuvres segment, which brings the first half of Happy Hour to a close. It is now time for the What Z Party Happy Hour Last Call segment to commence.
Everyone, we're back here in the second half of the Watsy Party Happy Hour and its last call. Dave Z and I are excited as can be to dive into this because this is where we're calling on you to make your voice heard here on the show. At this point, in each Happy Hour episode, we'll go over any emails you find folks have taken the time to send us. In this case, we have one. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road, as it were. A few weeks back, as of this recording, Dave Z wrote up an official listener question specifically designed for this very episode and we posted this question on our two primary social media platforms so that you could weigh in and give us your thoughts my friends we received an overwhelmingly positive response to our question and we are stoked as all get out to read and respond to your answers now we'll get into what the official listener question was and what you all had to say about it here in a bit but first dave z we received an email from a gentleman named jimmy d and at first Dave, I thought this was our good buddy James D. Kauks, but he lives in Finland, not Texas, uh, so this is a different Jimmy D. Anyway, Dave Z, would you kindly read us what old Jimmy D. had to say to us? Yes, and everybody bear with me because I love the element of surprise, and I did not pre-read this. So I'm reading it oh. live. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it kind of affects things for the audience where I, I, I might screw up a little bit, but... I'm, I love surprising myself, so I'm, I'm sorry, folks. Hopefully, I do a good job, but uh, let me let oh. me read here. Okay. Well, Dave Z, Jimmy D likes you, so yeah, you're, you're, you'll, you'll dig it. All right. Okay. <laughs> go, all right. go ahead, buddy. Here we go. <laughs> What's shaking, my gracious party hosts? I'm writing this to you, gents, to get myself into the habit of being a more interactive party goer. Podcasters should hear from listeners more, and I admit to being a lurker in just every sense of the word. Just ask my neighbors. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love what you guys are doing on this show. I can never decide which of the segments I like the best. It's like having a fancy three-course meal where everything fills the void just right, and that's what makes the Wadzi party the official best party in town. <laughs> nice. Damn right. <laughs> I find the reviews to be as impressive as anything I've ever heard on the best shows being pimped out by the almighty algorithm, and I wish you guys all the best with this podcasting endeavor. Wow. Awesome. Okay. When it comes to movies, I tend to approach things more like Dave Z. Dave, your take on the Neon Demon and Home movie blew me away because I feel like I watch movies just like you do, where I take a look at what the film has provided me with, and I find myself filling in the blanks to make the movie more palatable. I also find that I ask a lot of the same types of questions as you do, especially when you guys start talking about your dislikes of a film. Just when I think I've got some obscure and weird beef with the movie, here comes Dave Z with the same complaint. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's cool. Damn. All right. right? <laughs> yeah. As a proper podcast lurker, I've been bouncing around between your older work on the podcast website. It seems like Dave can't miss when it comes to being on such amazing podcasts. If Dave Z is on a show, I know it's going to be the best. Hearing your voice makes everything in the world right again. Wow. It, it really does. And my son also, I don't believe I've ever said this on a show, my son loves your voice. Really? Yep, he wow. says it, it's relaxing, and he really likes listening to you. Wow, yep. Ooh, man. I'm, yep. I'm going to tell my family this, and, and next time they complain, I'm going to say, you know, there's people out there that actually find my voice relaxing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, wow. Okay, and don't worry, Watson, I didn't forget about you. Better not. I just don't know yeah, what right. to say. <laughs> I bet my mortgage that you work in radio for a living, or else you pay the bills as a proper film critic. You exist in a world all your own, sir, and listening to you makes me feel smarter. See, that's weird, because he makes me feel dumber, but uh, I don't know. 
Uh, <laughs> I sub to a lot of podcasts, and the party just sounds so much richer than the rest, even to my untrained ear. Whatever your secret is, keep up the good work, and I promise I'll get to your solo cast here soon. Good sir. Yes, yes, yes. Get to, get to work. Oh, my God. Oh, horror, horror. You got to get on it. Okay. Take care, boys. And if you both were to ever find yourselves in the Lone Star State with nothing doing, then let's get a proper Watt Z party going. All the best, Jimmy D. Right on. Man, that's a, that's a good email. Like, Dave, I don't know about you, but I'm down to get a proper Watsy party going in Texas. Like, Let's go. Everything's bigger let's in go. Texas, right? It is, yeah. And I, I dislike hot weather, but with the right amount of whiskey, barbecue, and people who like our podcast, plus the girl I have a crush on lives in Texas, I, I'm willing to party right on the sun, my man. I, I love hot weather. I've never been to Texas. I'm all about a chainsaw massacre, so oh, whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Well, that was cool. Thank you so much, Jimmy D, for writing in. Sounds like you got a longtime fan here, Dave Z. And if I've got the right idea, it seems as though he's hitting up your back catalog of shows on Horphilia.com. That's that must have been what he meant by the podcast website. It's a good back catalog. You can't go wrong with Dave Z. And thanks, man, for making the pleasant assumption that I have the ability to work in radio and make money as a film critic. I'm honored that you think so well of me, if only. <laughs> so hey, it's just a matter of being, dude. It's the weirdest thing. All if we could just submit our tapes you know like people used to like you know oh they still do it but they submit demos to like you know record producers and things if there was only a place where we could submit our things to like you know people in in national public radio and other places or people that only own these you know satellite radio companies and you know agents that go out there and 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 find talent if there was only a way we could submit some things you know certain people i know would would gain employment you're one of them you know what i I just it, it really Oh, wow. It frustrates me that thank I you. wish we could get out there. But thank you again for the email. And it's maybe one day, maybe one day the, there'll be a way for all of us to uh, to get out there and, and and go places, go go big. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Dave Z. Well said, buddy, as always. And yeah, folks, that wraps up our email portion of last call. So now we'll move on to the listener question of the episode and what you all had to say about that. So the question that Dave Z wrote up for everybody, which could be seen on the Watsy Facebook page, the group page, folks, and our Twitter page, directly relates to the topic of our previous episode where Dave walked us through a brief history of found footage horror, and it relates to also to the film we covered on episode 13 as well, which was the Poughkeepsie Tapes 2007. The question that Dave Z wrote was, do you think that found footage style films have been a positive or negative force in the horror genre? So without any further ado, here is what you fine folks had to say. On Twitter, our buddy Pavo Music, the homie, you know, who basically gifted us one of his albums. That yeah. was badass of him. Kicks things off by saying, just simply saying, I love them for the most part. So I love that guy for the most part, Dave Z. How about that? Right on. We only got two responses on Twitter, but this next one came to us in the form of an epic audio message. So we will save that for last and turn to our Facebook page from where the majority of our listener feedback came. So, all right, here we go. So once again... Do you think that found footage style films have been a positive or negative force in the horror genre? So we, our first response comes from our good buddy, BC, Bill Casanelli. He says, positive here. I can think of more great found footage movies than bad. Next, we got Mark Lang. He says, I love a good found footage movie. There's good and bad ones though. Same as every other horror subgenre, right? Cole Antonovich from the Joe Blow Horror <laughs> Oh God, here we go again, Dave Z. <laughs> the Joe Blow Horror Show. Hell yeah. He says... <laughs> Gosh, Cole says, 
Positive without question, I don't think you can say any genre has had a negative impact. You can always pull something positive out of almost anything. I agree. Joe, Dave Z, how, how is this guy's name <laughs> pronounced? Guglitch? Guglitch? G-U-G-L-I-C-H. Joe Guglitch? Yep. Guglitch. All right. Here we go. <laughs> he says, it's been a positive. It became a new, unique way to tell a story, and for the horror genre, I think it fits perfectly to set up atmosphere. Sure, there are bad ones, but every subgenre has bad films in them. Yep, once again. Well, so I'm liking this so far, Dave yes. Z. I have not read this since we posted this question, so these are all surprises to me, but it is seeming as though everybody is positive. Everybody likes us, likes themselves some found footage. This is good. <laughs> Next, and this is the guy who I thought sent us the email, James D. Kaux, our buddy from Finland. He's a, Brit he's a British man living in Finland. He says... 100% positive. It's added to the genre. Yes, there have been many bad found footage movies, but you can say that for any subgenre. Yep, this once again. Something that's good and effective gets copied, copied some more, then copied again. Yeah. I love James. He's the main man behind the Body Bags YouTube channel. So check him out, folks. Austin Schroyer, our good buddy from the Movie vs. Movie podcast and the Woodsboro Brothers on Horphilia.com, says, simply says, definitely positive. Our good listener from Canada, Jill Ann. Nice lady there says positive 100%. All right, this guy, <laughs> Marco Vertanen from Finland, uh, one of the funniest people. He wants us to he wants us to do a Limp Biscuit episode where we just sing Limp Biscuit the whole time. <laughs> I love Marco. He says he simply says when done right, found footage is the scariest subgenre to me. 100% positive. Wow. Then we get Abraham Ram, the Ram Man himself. He says I think Dave Z explained it best. Found footage is the modern equivalent of the slasher. Affordable to make, no matter your skill level, you can make one, and if you do it right, they can become classics. Like slashers, a lot are garbage, but overall, found footage has been a positive force for the horror genre that's helped a lot of great directors and writers find their voice. Yeah. Nice. David S. Smith, another buddy from the UK, I do believe, says, Positive. Sure, there have been some bad ones, though that can easily be said about things like slashers. Besides, found footage isn't even a genre. It's a storytelling technique and lends itself to a good range of movie types. Wreck, Paranormal Activity, The Last Exorcism, Creep, Unfriended Dark Web, Troll Hunter and the Bay are all different sorts of movies that all play with the style differently. I'd say they all benefit from it too. Right on, I agree. Next, uh, our good buddy from the Anatomy of Fear podcast, Brandon Young, and also my co-host on the Horcast, says, as a genre, it's positive for sure. While I'm not the biggest fan in general, okay, a little negative, finally, Dave mm -hmm, Z, it seems like everybody's digging these. I'm glad to hear this, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he says, yeah, he says, I think when done well, it can be one of the scariest. I'll never forget seeing Blair Witch at an indie theater in Denver on opening night when people really didn't know anything about it. I always support more content and really don't on people's work, but I will say is that it did kind of open the floodgates to some really bad and unoriginal ones because they're easy to make, but overall, it's good. Right on, right on. Next is a fellow Northwestern uh, person, somebody from the Pacific Northwest, Oregon, I do believe, is Jessica Schmidt. She writes, I'm not a huge fan of found footage, but I think the ones that are good and done well are pretty awesome. I like anything that's done well and is entertaining. I would say positive because it provides a different avenue for filmmakers to express themselves. The more variety, the better. Next, we got Dale Strom. He says both positive and negative. It's like any subgenre that enjoys a period of dominance, be it in film, music, or whatever. People assume, often correctly, that as the formula is repeated, there are going to be diminishing returns as the novelty and originality wears off, but that doesn't mean there aren't gems or even great work being done. 
at a very fickle point, being part of the subgenre suddenly acts as something that's holding your film back from potential viewers. Okay, interesting. All right. So he's positive. Our buddy Andy Ussery. Yeah, I, re- I miss him yeah. podcasting. He, yeah, he retired too. from podcasting last year. Remember? Yep, I do. Yep. Yeah, but I do believe his he did a theme song that is now the uh, like he entered a theme song competition and is how now has the the official intro music for Land of the Creeps that he wrote. Oh, really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. I listened to Land of the Creeps too. I did. Wow, how did yep. I not know this? Okay, that's cool. Yeah, definitely. And so he Andy Ussery says, I think it's been positive overall. I really like found footage movies, especially mockumentaries. I love the faux documentary feel and that adds to the air of realism and makes the film scarier. You wouldn't think, and I like that he says this, you wouldn't think a film like Savage Land, where the main medium that conveys horror is still photos, but it just adds to the realism for me. I am very glad he said that because Dave Z, we, we've talked about this before. Savage Land is the definition of a movie where I'm going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> hmm, right. I know. Oh, I know. So the, and the way it's presented, it's perfect. It's, it's a lot like the Poughkeepsie tapes. It's just so, it's great. So yeah, thank you, Andy. Next is one of my best friends in real life, Aaron Irvina. I we, I call him AJ, although I, I don't know that he prefers AJ anymore. So I have actually last few years been calling him Aaron. Funny that we're best buddies and I don't know this about him. <laughs> he says, <laughs> yeah, right. He says, positive. Personally enjoy those films quite a bit. I also think they can be a good entry point for people who aren't usually into horror or familiar with the genre. Dave Z, found footage really is a pretty good entry point, is it not? I've never, I never thought of that. I never thought of either because I get worried. It, it depends on what kind it is. If you're talking about mockumentary style, uh, and if you're if you feel strongly enough about one, like you know, like whatever your favorites are. I think they're, yeah. it, that's a safe bet, but I do worry about people that have only seen regular movies and then watching a shaky cam film. I think it could be oh. off-putting, and, okay. and some people like to see what they consider regular-looking actors. They have a, see, that's the problem, because if people, as entry-level, it's sometimes tough, because you have to keep in mind that they're they're used to regular movies. So if it's if it's too far left, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah, I get concerns about that, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I don't think I could just put on like Blair Witch or, or Paranormal Activity and say, and say, I was actually about to suggest maybe Paranormal Activity, I don't, but you're not sure about that, huh? No, because not enough goes on in Paranormal Activity to, to, to the novice viewer, like my daughter, you know, she saw Paranormal Activity. I showed it to uh-huh. her like, I don't know, three years ago or something. And she wasn't really into it. Um, really? Really, yeah, and but the funny thing is, since she got into found footage, we we uh, we went through part two and on, and she we watched them in like a matter of two weeks, and she liked them. But when I first showed it to her, she was uh-huh. just like, "Yeah, it was okay." And I just I just think there's a whole lot of downtime in that movie, and if you're not used to that, it's okay. It, huh. I don't know. I, I think it could be off putting. I, I don't know. It's kind of like music. Try to like show a, a a new form of music, not a new form. Try to introduce a form of music to someone that hasn't listened to that kind of music before. That's very challenging because you're like, it's different. It's a different kind of music. So you don't want it to be too extremely different because that's it's too much sometimes. Sure. You show somebody like, say, Periphery, the band Periphery, which who I absolutely love. I don't know that they do any songs in 4-4 four, four time. So if you're hearing all these like 
you know, seven, eight time meters and 12, five and this and this, all these crazy time signatures that, you know, you can't really groove to, but they're technically amazing. It, it, I could see that being one of those things where you're like, wait, this doesn't flow like a song I'm used to. I can see that. And I, I didn't, I didn't think of that. I, I, I think though, if you choose the film wisely, you know, yeah, just, I guess just like anything, it, it can be uh, pretty, pretty good for, I, although I would have said Paranormal Activity would have been the one I, I, I would have shown, but I'll, I'll say this, uh, just a little Paranormal Activity thing here that maybe I should, who knows if I'll take it out, but the same day that I met Aaron, who is, you know, we're responding to his, his response here, his, we're responding to his response. The same day I met him in 2008, I also met a girl that I went on to date for about, you know, like two and a half years. And we went to go see Paranormal Activity together on a date, her and me, this girl, and <laughs> I get a call from her a few hours later after I drop her off at her house and just like, I need you to come back over. Uh, I, I think the devil's like in my house. <laughs> she just wow. was flipping out and thinking her play. Yeah, so that that was pretty crazy. But <laughs> uh, wow. so, yeah, back to the re back to the responses, though. Uh, Alex Edwards, our good buddy of the Married with Children podcast and the Skeleton Crew, one of the best podcasters doing it. He says positive taking new approaches to filmmaking is always a good thing, whether everybody does it well or not. And then Chris, a.k.a. Scott. And I like that that is his Facebook name, Dave Z, all because of you. He writes <laughs> positive for sure. There are some good ones out there. One of my favorites of recent years is Cold Ground. I thought it was incredible. It's on Prime if you haven't seen it. Dave Z, I have not seen Cold Ground. Have you? I did because of his recommendation. I hadn't even heard okay. of it until uh, he recommended it to me and I, and I watched it and I liked it and it, I would recommend it. I do have to watch okay. it a second time. Cool. Do you have a, a maybe a, a guess on a rating, buddy? I would maybe say I, I would have given it like a seven. Okay, cool. All right, that's a recommendation. Yeah. Cool. I'll have to check that out. We have two more. The Nightclub, that's our buddy TMB, Travis Maxwell Boone, writes, Ever since the phenomenon that was Blair Witch... Did I say phenomenon? Ugh, hold on. Uh -oh. Ever since the phenomenon, thank you, it's these allergies, that was the Blair Witch Project, found footage has been one of the prominent subgenres of horror, right up there with zombie films. When the Blair Witch Project came out, I was a young kid, and the marketing worked on me and my friends. We believed wholeheartedly that this really happened. These college students really went missing. The found footage aspect had to sell the concept, and it was a staggering success both artistically and commercially. So even though it wasn't the first found footage horror movie, it broke the mold and ushered in so many other found footage films. The Paranormal Activity series, the VHS series, the taking of Deborah Logan, Wreck, and so many other movies have incorporated other subgenres to create some really interesting stories. Just like every other type of horror subgenre, you have poorly made films, but that shouldn't spell doom for any creative trying to tell a story in that medium. I can only see found footage as a positive influence on horror cinema. Nice. And as always, you know, TMB brings the goods. He's the best. Why haven't we gotten a new nightclub, you mother What's going on? Yeah, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we got to get on his ass. He loves us. So, and he wrote... Did you hear the episode, by the way, where he actually wrote a fiction story and read it and narrated it, kind of like the No Sleep podcast, and it was dedicated to you, Dave? Well, listen to what happened. I have to revisit it because I talked about the sun exploding head. This is what he, I, I, I talked about that, and I also played something that he said that was uh, very complimentary to Exploding Heads and to Watson. Cool. And I played yeah. it on Exploding Heads. And I said, this nice. is what I did because you said that it was it was directed to me. I laid down at night because I wanted to do it peacefully. And usually when I'm listening to podcasts, I'm at work. And yeah, same. Yes, I am paying attention, but when, but this is a story. I want to give it full undivided. So I laid down on my bed in the evening and I put the AirPods in and I put it on. 
and and a, a couple minutes in, not even I zonked out because that happens. It has nothing to do with the, you know, it wasn't because I, I didn't like the story. I, I go to bed, every time I go to bed with my AirPods, I put in soundtracks, horror movie soundtracks mostly. And yeah. some, a lot of times I just drift right off. I think maybe one time out of a hundred, I'll make it through a whole album. So it t- <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, my, my head, my head hits the pillow, AirPods <laughs> go in. Yeah, I'm out. But I wanted to. So what I really have to do, and again, like I said before, I haven't been working. So and again, I gotta sit down and and put the AirPods in, and you know what I gotta do. Like right now, I'm sitting in this room doing this podcast. What I should do is just come down in this room and not do a podcast one day and just give it my undivided attention sitting on this couch. So that's what I gotta do. So what about the story? Did you enjoy it? Oh, I, I really did. And those are my those are actually my favorite types of shows where like horror fiction. And he's a good writer. Travis Maxwell Boone is a multi-talented dude. He, he's he's the host of the nightclub, folks. That's the name of the podcast. Please get on this. He's like an AM, you know, nighttime radio host. And he he's relaxing. He's thorough. You know, it, it, he, he's great. He's a good friend of mine. We've talked on the phone for for heaven's sakes. Like he's a buddy. And so, yeah, thank you, TMB. And our last response that we received on the Facebook thread is from my buddy Revenant Vin of the Horcast. And here's what he has to write. Now, this guy, as you know, if you know the Horcast, if you know Vin, he's one of the best out there doing this. So he writes, I think the found footage technique slash subgenre, including pseudo documentaries, has been an unquestionable boon to the horror genre. Both the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity are among the most profitable films, horror or otherwise, in history. And while money doesn't equal quality, they made studios take horror seriously as a lucratively viable product. Aside from that, it's the cinematic form that most easily, and you said this, Dave Z, on our last show, most easily and successfully puts the viewer in the position of the protagonist, seeing the environment through their eyes. The effects can be immensely claustrophobic and immersive. He goes on to write, add all this to the fact that we now live in, I love that he says this, we now live in a world that is continuously recorded, digitally documented, surveilled, and engaged in social networking that encourages people to repeatedly point their cameras at themselves, at others, or at the world around them. A horror genre without found footage would be daftly out of touch with the culture, and the horror genre is arguably the genre that is most in touch with our societal pulse, especially when it's hemorrhaging. Wow, what a statement, first of all. Yeah. He, he ends by saying, <laughs> Admittedly, most found footage horror films are formulaic and rely on tired gimmicks. The majority are dreck. Few of them hit their mark, but when they do, they're exceptional representations of the genre and can be nearly transcendent experiences. Watching a quality found footage film is rarely a passive experience. You feel like you just walked in the character's blood-splattered shoes, and that's a feat that few cinematic techniques can hope to accomplish. Dave Z, what do you think of that? Wow, very nice. All well said as usual from Vin. Yeah, <laughs> I, I totally dig on what he's saying. I do think that he should take a look at my list though i think there are some things that he he may be missing out on because while he did praise them for all the right reasons it seems like he has a um an attitude about it that it's almost like 25 percent good and 75 percent not so good <laughs> but i think if he looked at my list you know it changes yeah he's always open to seeing new things and having his uh views changed and vin's vin's really good like he's like we are in that regard so uh, daisy 
just now, as I'm reading these from our Facebook page, from that old thread from three weeks back, I noticed a comment from our good friend Trinity Sutherland. He's commenting on one of the many threads, oh god, that have popped up in the last couple days that call for my old solo cast, yeah. Poor Corridor, to return. Uh, Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast has been trying to spark a revolution of sorts since we did trivia, uh, Horphilia trivia together. And uh, yeah, so he's taken to the Facebook page and got people to weigh in on that. So anyway, Trinity's actually responding to you, Dave Z. Really? <laughs> you joked that I should dump your sorry ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. And Dave, and Dave, Trinity writes of our podcast and of found footage. Here's what he has to say. We need the Watsy Party. It's a lighter podcast that covers a grander scope. I maybe get to pick one movie a month to watch, and it's normally sparked from your coverage. I wouldn't have seen the Poughkeepsie tapes without you. Found footage is my least favorite, okay, because I saw the bad ones first, and I'm starting to see the better ones now. I no longer view it as the reality TV version of horror with cheap production cash grabs, so thank you for that, sir. Wow, so I'm I'm happy to hear that Trin both enjoys the show and is coming to enjoy found footage as well. So that that brings a a nice smile to my face. That's great, man. I love seeing that. And anytime you do something on a podcast and you want to open other people's eyes up to something that they may have been, you know, not seeing for whatever reason, to me that's the greatest form of feedback somebody can get is when someone says because I listen to you talk about this on this particular yeah. show, something else in my life is bringing me joy now because you brought it into my life in a manner of speaking. And I love that. Oh, yeah. Yep. I, I completely agree. Well said, Dave Z. So we have two more listener responses. Our final written listener response comes from our good buddy, Phil, from the Dark Discussions podcast. This was not on our Facebook thread. This was via Facebook Messenger, and he wanted to weigh in. So here's what he had to say. Hi, Watson and Z. Sorry. And I can't do his uh, what, Boston accent, by the way. <laughs> I can when he's just like ever uh, best film ever. That's what he always says. And he pronounces words that end with an A as in like an ER. Like I think I was listening to an episode of Dark Discussions one time and he said vagina. And I was like, huh? Yeah, dude. We had this discussion on Exploding Heads. Paranoia, somebody said by accident. Okay. <laughs> and I said, you sound like you're from Boston. And we got into this whole debate. And, and and Brandon, maybe, was it both of them or was it just Christian? Or was it just Brandon? It was either one of them or both of them. They're insisting to me that that's how people from New York talk. And I say no. People that's, that would say paranoia would either be from one of two places, the UK or Boston. And they go, no, New Yorkers talk that way. I said, no, we don't. And they go, and I go, I know I don't. Well, you're not from the city. I go, I'm telling you, that is not a New York City thing. That is a Boston thing, Correct. Yep, you are you are completely correct, and it brings me great joy to put Christian and Brandon in their place. <laughs> me too. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you you. That, li, why don't they listen to? Well, I know they don't listen to this, but they should listen to you speak, and they'll say they'll they'll see that you don't do that. That's not a New York thing. Any, anyways, I don't count as New York. I don't count though. I'm a, I'm not a city boy. I'm Buffalo, which uh, may as well fair be enough. Canada. Yeah, you're up, out there in the scary country. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah. here's here's what our boy, who's actually from Boston, has to say. Who's wicked awesome? He says, "Hi, Watson and Z. Sorry, I've been quiet on the Watsy page lately. Anyways, my thoughts on found footage films and whether or not they are a good or bad thing. Well, I personally think they are a great thing. To begin, they allowed filmmakers with, with very little capital to create films that they otherwise would not have had the opportunity to create." There have been some very good films created because of this format. Some really good examples of this, besides The Blair Witch Project, could be Cloverfield, VHS, The Bay, Exists, The Zombie Diaries, I've not seen that one, The Taking of Deborah Logan, among many more, but this question has obviously more to do with something else. 
Has there been an oversaturation of such films? We saw it with the zombie film, where some great ones appeared, Dawn of the Dead remake as an example. The subgenre felt fresh and new, and then everyone and anyone decided to pick up a camera and make such a film. Throw on some cheap makeup and you have a zombie. Just go to your favorite streaming service and you can find dozens you never heard of that simply are horrible, though at least some filmmakers really did give it the college try. And when something as popular as a new subgenre appears where it isn't all that expensive to make, the same occurred with found footage horror. Just like with zombies, it too ran its course, causing a backlash that isn't necessarily that fair. What does this all mean? It means that just like every subgenre, especially ones that are easy to make, you will get good and the bad, much like in any industry or art. However, this does not make found footage horror a bad thing at all. What it did and still does today is it gives us a fantastic hidden gem every so often, where still yearly, there's always a chance such a film will be in our top horror films of the year. And it still gives filmmakers an opportunity to make something, anything, that may just be the next great movie. Cheers to you guys and keep up the good work. Fellow podcaster, Philip Perrin of the Dark Discussions podcast, he writes, P.S. A very hidden gem of a found footage film is Meadowwoods 2010. When it came out, Fangoria Magazine wrote an article on it and I purchased the disc. It was a really cool horror film about three college students who plan a murder only to have second thoughts. But is it too late? Check it out if you can. It's a hard film to find now, though. Thanks. So first off, thanks, Phil, for taking the time to write such a, a fantastic response. He is a writer, after all. Uh, I like how he, he likened found footage to zombie films in much the same way that you likened them to slashers, Dave. That's an astute observation, if I do say so. And Dave, have you heard of Meadowwoods 2010? I can't say that I have. I have not either. No, no. I'm glad okay. that he mentioned this though, because now that's going on a list, and that just reminded me. It sparked something in my brain. It was about, I think, two years ago, and Jason Lloyd put something up in the Exploding Heads page, and it says I challenge Dave Z to watch these found footage movies that I don't think he's seen yet that I'm recommending, and I oh. never had a chance to get to them. And now I'm gonna take a serious look at that list. And I'm going to add Phil's movie to it. And there's another cool. one called Long Pigs that I think is found footage and I haven't seen. So all of a sudden, I might all of a sudden just have 10 freaking found footage movies to watch <laughs> that are recommended from people. So I'm getting a little nice. Excited. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Now that sounds great. Well, you'll make sure to keep me in the loop so I'll, I can uh, <laughs> uh, glean off you, buddy. So, uh, yeah, we'll be. Yeah, obviously, Phil, we'll be checking that out. And, uh, you know, here, here's the deal. We have our last listener response to get into, but it bears mentioning that Phil and the Dark Discussions crew were the second horror film review show I ever heard when I learned that such podcasts were even a thing in 2015. They're good friends of mine, and I'm sad to say that the pandemic here prevented Eric from Dark Discussions, one of the co-hosts there, from vacationing up here in the Pacific Northwest. We had plans to hang out for a few days, and I am legitimately bummed that we didn't get the chance to do this, so maybe next year, but, uh... Alright, our final message was a big surprise to me. First off, it's an audio message, and second, it comes to us from the very first horror podcaster I ever heard. I just told you about the second podcast I'd ever heard that does horror film review. This guy is the first, and I'd be lying if I said that I didn't model my own podcasting after his. He's the man behind such shows as Horror Metropolis, the weekly horror movie podcast, Movie Podcast Weekly, Horror Movie Weekly, Horror Movie Podcast, and Considering the Cinema. All those show names might sound familiar, <laughs> but that right there is how you make search engine optimization work for you. And I strongly disagree with Joe Bob Briggs that Horror Movie Podcast is a bad podcast name. I think it's brilliant in its simplicity. Anyway, I consider this gentleman to be the Roger Ebert of horror podcasting, and I absolutely mean that, folks. Here is an audio message from Sir J of the Dead. Hello, Dave Z, Mr. Watson, and the Watt Z Party Horror Show. 
This is Jay of the Dead, sending a voicemail to comment on found footage horror films. I'm reminded of a quote from The Godfather, where Clemenza is coaching Michael Corleone on how to assassinate Salazzo. They talk about war breaking out among the five crime families of New York, and Clemenza says, that's all right. These things got to happen every five years or so. Ten years helps to get rid of the bad blood. Well, the found footage filmmaking convention in horror is a lot like a mob war. So to answer your question from Twitter, I think the found footage convention has been positive force for the horror genre, and here's why. Through the decades of cinema history, two things happen fairly consistently that shape and change the genre. First, we get horror that reflects the fears and concerns of society. And then second, we get innovations or trends that tend to snowball and freshen up the genre. Sometimes it's both, and I believe the found footage convention is a mixture of the two, which are both positive things. So on one hand, it reflects the age of video surveillance. Our anxieties aren't just, what will someone capture us doing, but what other horrors might a running camera capture? I think of films like Antonioni's Blow Up from 1966, which is actually based on still shot photography, not video, but it's still about capturing something on film in the background that was unintended and unsettling. Then there's more recent films like Look from 2007, which is an entire film built upon troubling surveillance footage. Those two examples aren't even horror films, but I mention them to illustrate that we are anxious about what might be captured with us and what we might capture in our film. And obviously, horror found footage is built upon that very premise every single time. Now, the second point I mentioned about innovations or trends that sort of snowball and freshen up the genre, I feel like found footage was one of the trends that snapped us out of our 90s horror slumber. Yeah, I mean, sure, there are earlier examples of the found footage conventions, such as Cannibal Holocaust, for example, but I feel like the 1990s were mostly a drab decade for horror movies, with a few exceptions. So the Blair Witch Project and The Last Broadcast helped to snap us out of a bit of a stagnation for the horror genre. And of course, 9-11 helped in the torture subgenre, so found footage didn't clear out the bad blood on its own. But I do think it was an important part of ushering the genre that we love into a fresh new millennium of horror cinema. And the last thing I'll say is, do I love found footage horror? Of course, I love it. Yes, it initially made the movies feel more real to me until they beat the dead horse of recycling all of the usual trappings over and over again ad nauseum. But I don't care. I still love it. And I still think it's scary much of the time. Has it mostly run its course? Yes, I think so, for now. But I do think we'll see it reemerge again in a terrifying, updated form within the next decade or two. Okay, I'll shut up now, but I just want to say, Dave Z and Mr. Watson, thanks for the Twitter invite to offer some thoughts on found footage, and thanks for what you do here on the Watt Z Party Horror Show. Keep up the great work. Once again, this has been Jay of the Dead. Over and out. Okay. Okay. First things first. Thank you so much, Jay, for taking the time to respond to our listener question in this manner. Second, Dave Z, did you notice that Jay got the name of our podcast correct? Of course I did. <laughs> and wasn't that great? <laughs> 
He gets it correct. He might be the first person who got it right. Yeah. It's that it's that old school professionalism he has that I blatantly and unsuccessfully try to copy. So <laughs> I, I rather appreciate how Jay and Revenant Vin both bring up the present state of society as it pertains to recording ourselves and what things a camera might capture. Which things rather. Dave Z, what do you think of Jay's assertion that found footage helped the horror genre transition out of the shadow of 90s horror? Like, I never thought of that. But it makes sense in that just as slashers gave birth to the 80s, there were a few different forces working to, to define what we got in the 2000s, and found footage was definitely one of these strong forces in the genre at the time. What do you think? You know, I've said several times that when I made my return to horror in the in, in the early 2000s, after the, the the freaking, I agree with what he said about the 90s being being pretty bad, and you know, I, yeah. I we've covered <laughs> it before about what happened with me in the 90s. But when I came back in the 2000s, the early 2000s, I remember saying that we had more, we had different kind of horror all of a sudden coming out at once, all different subgenres, and I never thought to include. Even though as much as I love it, I never thought to include found footage into that. But because oh, I'm wow. thinking of the early 2000s, like 2002 and things like that, as we sure. covered last show, there wasn't a whole lot happening at that time exactly yet. But as the 2000s progressed, the later 2000s and everything else, and we had everything, we had torture porn, we had this and we had that, we had all this different stuff going on at once. And found footage, you know, it, had, it got very strong, so... I'm glad that he brought that up because I, I don't didn't think of it that way. But yes, that was one more thing. And that's what led to the current golden age that we're in. At least that's what I consider the last decade to be the, you know, another golden yeah. age. And that that's one of the reasons. So, yeah, that was a great observation by him. By Jay. And, Indeed. Uh, yeah. So, wow. Man, yeah, I agree. Well said, Dave Z. And thank you, Jay of the Dead, for your message. Folks, if you want to hear a podcaster who delivers endless value to his listeners, please do me a personal favor and check out literally any of Jay's shows. Currently, he's the host of a weekly solo cast I love called Considering the Cinema, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde of movie podcasting. He recently did an episode on 976 Evil 1988 with a gentleman named Greg the Gray Man Bench. This is, Dave Z, this is quite possibly the most in-depth review on that film that's ever been done. <laughs> I gotta listen. Yeah, check it out. Oh. But you're, you're gonna want to listen to that same episode for this reason, Dave Z. Also on that same episode, Jay and another gentleman named Jody Horgai tackle Midsummer 2019, and I'm reasonably sure that they touch on elements of that film that nobody talks about. I wished I could have been on that review because that is how it's done, folks. They say some things about certain characters that I've been waiting for people to say, and it, it's a fantastic review that's considering the cinema. Jay is also the main host of a total blast of a weekly show that comes out every Sunday like clockwork. It's part of my Sunday routine. It's called Horror Movie Weekly, one badass horror podcast. Mm. Justin of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast has said this is his new favorite show. He wants to debate hardcore with Jay's co-host Bill Shetty like mad. Every episode of theirs, folks, is one big argument, and I love it. Dave Z, have you been able to catch Horror Movie Weekly? I always listen to Horror Movie Weekly. That is the one show. Ugh. Considering the cinema, I do not always listen to because, well, he's been putting more out recently, but when he first started yes. doing it, he was kind of a slow go, and a lot of it was not even horror, and I, I typically listen to horror. And he, he, lately, he's putting out more material on Considering yep. the Cinema and more horror material which is great. So I'm coming around more on that. I've listened to like maybe two episodes, but uh, weekly, I do listen to every episode. And I got to tell you, is Jay with me, he's like most podcasters. 
he's hit or miss. You know what I mean? And, and when I mean not him, I mean his opinions on, on movies. Sometimes I agree. Okay, with I was him. about to say Dave Z. No, no, no. Sometimes <laughs> I agree with him. Sometimes I don't. Just like with, with most. Exact same. Right. But I I will go on record and say that his co-host Bill Shetty, <laughs> there there is a hundred percent. And he's going to get a kick out of this. He, he might even bring it up to him because he likes to, you know, he likes to bust his, his yep. co-host ball, balls. But <laughs> oh, Jay, Jay is going to hear this. Yeah, Jay, yeah. Jay will be right. listening to this. So t- say, say it, buddy. Okay. I can't wait. <laughs> there is not, and I, you know how many horror podcasts I listen to, tons. Okay, there is not another host on any horror podcast that I find myself disagreeing with more on their opinions than Bill Shetty. I think maybe ten percent of the time, buddy, it is the same for me. Really. Yes, I have I have told people that there are places if, if you can Google it, you might even find it in, in HMP's old threads back in the day. I love Bill Shetty. I don't need to agree with somebody to respect them, and I respect Bill Shetty like crazy, but he is the podcaster I disagree with the most, and I, <laughs> I, I love that you said that. Justin wants to debate him on like every show. He loves it. <laughs> All friendly, of course. Yeah. Right. I'm with him. And I literally am. I, like I say, I, I'm walking on my job. I listen to podcasts at work. I literally find myself <laughs> opening my mouth and shaking my head. Uh, nobody's around. There's just me walking, listening. I'm like, I can't. Do, I'm like, what? You know, <laughs> that's my response to like 90% of his opinions on movies. I'm like, how can this be? You know, <laughs> so, but I do love the show. Yes, it's with complete respect, of course, folks, that we say this. And if I know, Jay, there is a possibility, and this might be maybe a little egocentric of me to say this, but if, hey, Jay, if you want to use this on your, you know, this little audio bite on your co-host, you have our full permission. We would would love it. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, uh, so listen, Dave Z, there's one more order of business. Uh, I have one final thing to say about Jay of the Dead before we wrap things up here. And I think our listeners should be made aware of this, and this is a surprise to you. Jay... I think it is at least. Jay has invited you and me to appear on his show, Considering the Cinema, to cover a horror movie oddity from 1989. That's all he has told me. Quite cryptic. I love it. I mean, Dave, we're totally doing that. Yeah, we are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you, Jay. Oh, man. Wow. A horror movie oddity from 89. What's it going to be? Society? I... Hmm. I'm trying to think of what he might be covering that he would want to get the party going over on considering the cinema, but he has extended the formal invite. We're going to nail out the details via Twitter. And I was hoping you didn't go on the Twitter today because he, he had he had said this to me earlier. And so I was like, oh, I hope Dave didn't see this. So that way, when we do happy hour later, he can be surprised. So I'm very happy wow. about that. And he would, and I, we'll definitely have him on the party. He's open to that as well. And awesome. I, I will be very careful about what we use for him he's special and i want to make sure people know that as if they don't already so everybody that does it for our listener feedback thus concluding our last call segment which brings the second half of happy hour to a close dave z we did it that's happy hour and if i might be so bold i think happy hour is going to be a success with the party people what do you think oh yeah absolutely i'm uh, we're kicking back here it's fun it's easy to do i don't think the other shows are gonna run quite this long but i will say this Everybody, what a pleasant surprise, everybody's responses on the found footage thing. That really, I didn't, because again, I love surprises, so I did not look at the responses. I knew you wanted to do it, and you were going to read them, so I said, I'm just going to kick back and let him, and hear, experience (laughs) it on the show the same way the listeners do, because I love that. I I love experiencing it live, and I was so pleasantly surprised at all of that from everybody that it's like, how many times have you gone places or, or had conversations or been online and 
You talk about found footage and you hear people just taking a dump all over it all the time. Yes. How can this be? I'm happy about it, but I'm just either we have all the right listeners or maybe everyone's come around on it finally. I don't know. I think next time we have have to give them a more challenging, divisive topic or something because then we can actually debate (laughs) and kind of like throw our opinions more in there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It was all great. <laughs> and, and and everyone that contributed, thank you so much. And and Jay the Dead, I want to throw one more thing out there because he did the same thing for Exploding Heads when he mentioned them on uh, Horror Movie Weekly. And he yep. said the name right. He said Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast. He did the same thing. Professional. Did it like it is. He gave us some props. Everything was cool. And, and it was very nice because I've been listening to Jay for a long time. I don't think he knew until I told him that. You know what I mean? So that's all good. And I cannot listen to his Midsummer show as badly as I want to because we are going to get into it on Exploding Heads one day. Now, this might be the show that I've been saying no one's done yet. I've been telling Brandon and Christian for since the movie came out, I said nobody has come out with that that big dissection, that, that two-hour discussion, that deep, deep, deep dive of Midsommar, I think we could do it because you know how I feel about it. And Oh, I, I do, yeah. Would you mind, and I'll, I'll just, you know, it's funny, Brandon mentioned that you might be doing this when we were doing the Horrorphilia trivia show. It was me versus Neil from the NFW Horror Commentary Podcast. And it, it's, it's basically what that is, folks, is a bunch of Horrorphilia hosts going toe-to-toe with Horror Trivia hosted by your co-host on Exploding Heads, Brandon and JP from 22 Shots and Jerry from Kill the Cast. And I just did my match. And I will say this. I f***ing rocked. Anyways, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but Brandon did say... Yeah, oh, thank you, Dave. Brandon did say that you guys were planning possibly something on Midsummer, and would I be able to send you guys some thoughts, maybe like a little audio clip or something? Because I have some things to say about that film that I've never heard, and I don't know if it'll gel with what you guys think. But would I be able to maybe send a voice clip or something? Please do, please do all that stuff. Yeah, I wanted to have. A, cool. I don't know when we're gonna do it. Somebody has to pick it. It's on the list. Eventually, it's gonna happen. And there's someone that we've been speaking to that may be picking it for us, and we're gonna okay. see. But when I do it. I really want it to be something special because I've watched cool. the the um, the director's cut four or five times now, and and I'm so wow, into, and I'm geez, Dave, dude, I, and I'm picking <laughs> up so many things every time I watch it that I feel I can talk about all the characters, and I and I see the movie pretty much in a, in a in a you know as being flawless. So I, I'm ready for somebody to come. Yeah. And question anything about it because I think I'm going to have the answer now. And I, I don't know. Cool. I really want to deep dive. And I'm afraid that if I listen to Jay's show, they're going to probably cover like the way you talked about. It. They're going to talk. They're going to say things that are probably, the, the, you know, the, they're going to probably go for the same thing that I'm going to be going for. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to take sure. anything <laughs> from them. I don't want to take any of their ideas. I want to have all original ideas. You know what I mean? So very nice. Yeah. And I know that they're good at it. I, cool. I'll, I, I can't wait for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't wait for that. I know I know it's a long time coming, but dude, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And I, I am putting it out here right now in public and in front of you, Dave Z. I am going to learn what the hell Patreon is and I'm getting on it because there's some shows I've been dying to support. And it's just my whole thing of what is Patreon? Oh, I got to make an account. It's so lazy. I'm done. <laughs> I, I told this to Brandon. I am just freaking doing it. So I'll be able to hear that, obviously. And I, I want to send some thoughts and be a part of that show somehow because I've been wanting to do sort of a deep dive of that movie too because 
there are, and I, I don't want mean to go in here, you know, with our outro talking about Midsummer for a half hour, but I have a weird relationship with that movie where I think it's a masterpiece, but I don't know if I like it. But I also think that certain things that make it brilliant are some things I've never heard people talk about, and I can't believe it. And so wow. it's like, I have to do something. I have to give my thoughts somewhere, but I don't really have a show that necessitates that anymore unless I do Horror Corridor, which blah. But anyways, uh... <laughs> well, speaking of, of, of Horror Corridor, yeah. Dave Z, we, let's yeah. get into plugs. Let's end this bad boy. The show's over, folks. Happy hour is concluding, and uh, it's time for plugs. Dave Z, where can listeners find more of you, buddy? Well, we've been talking about our shows. Uh, Exploding Heads is on Patreon. You're going to have to go on to Patreon to sign there. I try to rush it. www.patreon.com slash Exploding Heads. You'll get all our stuff there. ABC's A Hidden Horror is still kicking around. We have a Z episode to record. Uh, don't yes. know exactly when, but yeah, they should be coming in the not too distant future. And that's that. You, you see me here and you see me a little bit online and, um, you know, Dave Z-E-E on Facebook and Exploding Heads, uh, Twitter and whatchamacallit, Instagram. Things I'm barely even using, but I do have to talk to some people <laughs> on there, so I do log in a little bit. But I'm around. I'm, I'm definitely easy to find, so hit me up. Yes, indeed, folks. Hit Dave Z up and hit me up, too. You can find me on the Horrorcast, where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared. Catch me on season one of the monthly show that I do with Duncan McLeish of the podcast Under the Stairs. It's called Opera Omnia, where we're going over the films of writer-director Ben Wheatley. Find this show on the T-Putts Collective podcast feed. That's T-P-U-T-S Collective. Type that in your podcast catching app. You'll find it there. And of course, you can find Dave and me here on the Watsy Party Horror Show if you would like your voice to be heard on these happy hour episodes. Join our Facebook group and our Twitter page to keep up with everything we're doing with the party, including the dedicated listener question we'll be asking for each happy hour episode. On Facebook, simply search Watsy Party Horror Show and you'll find us. On Twitter, we're at Watsy Party, W-A-T-Z-E-E-P-A-R-T-Y because you gotta. So follow us there. If you would just like to contact us in general, email us at Show, all one word, at gmail.com. In two weeks, my friends, episode 15 of the Watsy Party Horror Show will hit your ears. This will be our extreme horror show where we will be covering Lars von Trier's Antichrist 2009. You will not want to miss this, folks. It's it's going to be fire. And finally, we'd like to thank my son, Skylar, a.k.a. Lil Watt, for writing and producing the happy hour intro and outro theme that you are hearing right now. And so thank you very much, Skylar. He's taken to music production lately and... That's why I've made the software upgrade that I have as well. He's kicking it and knocking it out of the park. I'm very proud of my boy. So, uh, folks, that concludes episode number 14. I'm the Watt, Dave's the Z, and we thank you very much for attending our horror show. So please join the party and celebrate the genre with us. See you next time. Peace.